Hello, Governor. Grab some crisps and a pint, because today we're talking about the Teddy. That's right, Ed Sheeran. Let's get started straight away. Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, where we take a look at art from pop culture and uncover the true, good, and beautiful elements found therein. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to Pop Culture Catechism on Awaken Catholic. If you want to support shows just like this, go to awakencatholic.org and you can join the Awaken Nation by making a one-time or recurring donation for as little as a cup of coffee a week. You can also support us and support your prayer life by downloading the Hallow app through our website. We have a cool little partnership with Hallow where if you go through our website, you get a free month of the premium app. They have all sorts of cool things. You can have the actor who plays Jesus in The Chosen do a little nighttime meditation for you. It's his real voice, so Jesus can lull you to sleep with spiritual meditations. They have the exam and they have the rosary. I know lots of people use it all the time. My wife uses it like every night before bed, uh, which means I end up using it a lot before bed because she has it playing in the bedroom, and it's just, it's it's awesome. It's changing prayer lives all across the, the world, so definitely check out the Hallow app. Today, we are talking about one of the biggest artists of the past 10 years, Ed Sheeran. And I knew when we were going to talk about Ed Sheeran that I wanted to bring in my former student and good friend and sometimes musical and ministry collaborator uh, all the way from Washington, D.C., where I call home, uh, Brian Rude. Brian, welcome to Awaken Catholic and Pop Culture Catechism. Thanks for having me, Mike. I was saying earlier, before we came on, I said, if there's, there's a, I have a short list of people that they just call me out of the blue and say, Hey, do this thing with me. They'll do it. And, and Mike's one of those people. So it's, I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. And he is a Cardinal just like I am. So I'm repping my Catholic U Catholic university of America shirt, uh, right here. Uh, he's a, a graduate of that fine institution as am I. So we're, we're going to talk about all things spiritual and musical with Ed Sheeran today. Uh, Brian, tell us a little bit about yourself for the people that don't know you. Yeah, so I'm I'm from um, from Maryland. Like Mike said, went to Catholic. In fact, just graduated in May. So I was one of those college students that hopefully you were praying for that was uh, staring the fact that they had no commencement uh, right. in the face. But I now work for CUA. I work for the School of Theology. I also work for the Catholic Apostolate Center in Washington D.C. Uh, and at least before COVID, uh, was doing uh, music ministry throughout the area. Um, but I'm sure, like you and a lot of uh, our colleagues. We now find ourselves with uh, fewer gigs and jobs, but uh, healthy and happy and, and thankful to be here. Mm -hmm. And Brian is an awesome musician. He has a great voice. So if you ever get a chance to hear him lead worship, he's, uh, he's, he's awesome. It's, a, it's a, a pleasure to sing with him and to, and to pray with him. So thank you, Brian, for being here. Let's get to our topic. We're talking about Ed Sheeran today. He is, a couple things about him if you don't know who he is. He is the second most streamed artist of the decade of the past 10 years only drake had more songs streamed than ed sheeran uh he just finished last year the divide tour for his divide album it was the biggest the most attended and the highest grossing tour of all time it broke like all the records made like a billion dollars was all over the world it's huge and the thing that is even more remarkable about that is that if you know anything about his live show he doesn't tour with a band it's just him and a few microphones he's got a looper that he loops his voice and his guitar through but it's just him on stage in front of like sixty thousand people and it's the biggest tour ever it's, it's, it's impressive. Um, he's sold 150 million albums, which in the age of streaming is just 
like unthinkable, unheard of. Who does that? He's got four Grammys. He's from Suffolk, England, which I'm probably mispronouncing. He's done collaborations with the biggest names in music, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, Eminem. He's written songs for One Direction, a bunch of other people too. Uh, super well-respected in the industry as a writer, as a singer, as a performer, as a rapper, multi-talented. We're talking about Ed Sheeran today. And Brian, you, you and I were talking about, like, do we want to focus in on one album or do we just want to talk about everything? And I think we did, you, you said, which albums do you feel like you know really well? Uh, I know multiply and divide. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I know plus and number six collaborations really well. I know, I know multiply pretty well too. So, so uh, let's put those up on the screen real quick. We got, um, these are the album covers for a plus, which was his first album. He's only like 20 years old there. That's the, the red one on top, orange one on top. And then multiplies the green with the X you see. And then his last, uh, his last like album, album, regular studio album was divide. And then just last summer, he came out with number six collaborations where he was doing collaborations with people from, um, I mentioned Eminem before he's got, uh, it's a lot of hip hop collaborations, which is, is really interesting. So he's got 50 cent on there. He's got Travis Scott, um, Khalid, just a, a lot of really chance the rappers on there as well. So, um, really interesting. I, I love that album. So, uh, let's get into it. I want to talk about, um, Brian, what do you love about Ed Sheeran's music? I mean, just fun, right? It's been, it's been really fun to watch his progression um from plus on i i like you said in the open i love the fact that he uses a looper it's so impressive when you watch it. i've never seen him live but anytime you watch uh videos of him uh playing you know massive massive events like you know at wembley or the o2 you know it's just him on the stage and you're right and so watching him kind of go back and forth between his guitar and the three different mics he's got set up that's mm -hmm. so impressive and i know you let me borrow your looper once uh -huh. i kind of looked at it confused for a while and to think like he's done this as his thing like this is what mm -hmm. people know him and love him for yeah. it's just so impressive yeah looping is hard like people don't think it's going to be hard i know so many people that have bought a looper and then they like never use it because they can't figure it out it is tough to hit the rhythm i've used it a bunch and i'm still not that good uh with it i was for i've been familiar with them for a while but probably back about 10 years ago there's a dc uh, based artist named timmy metz who is just amazing with it and the only other person i've seen use it as well as timmy metz is ed sheeran and i know i know ed sheeran um learned to like he he really got into it from damien rice who's a, a singer songwriter and apparently damien rice is kind of kind of indie he's not that well known but apparently when ed sheeran was like 12 or 13 he went to a damien rice show and he got to meet him afterwards and he was like hey man show me how your looper works and damien rice showed him and ever since then he wanted to get a looper um but yeah he is he is amazing with it he's so good and there's such such good things that he can can do with it that i've never i've never seen anybody else do um yeah i love that about him um I love something I love about his songwriting is just like the specificity of his songwriting. It's something I think he shares with Taylor Swift, which, which is one reason I think they've collaborated so much together and they're, they're such good friends is um, th there's a song off of uh, plus where it's called, uh, Oh, I wrote it down so I wouldn't uh, forget what it was called, but um, wake me up. And it says I could do without a tan on my left hand where my forefinger meets my knuckle. If you think about why you would not have a tan there, he's saying, I want to marry you. But he doesn't just say, I want to marry you. He says, yeah, I could do without a tan on my left hand where my forefinger meets my knuckle. It's just like so specific. You got to think about it. Um, and he's got so many good lyrics 
like that where it's just it's real it's real specific and it makes you think and it just it makes the song come alive because you can see it you can feel it you can taste it it's got that it's got that imagery to it so that's uh one thing i love and oh what else what else do you love about ed sheeran you know i was thinking about it ed's one of the the singer songwriters like now in the now that i like and the other one that we were talking before is is jason mraz Mm. and part of it's because um you know i think when a lot of guys I might catch flack for this, but when a lot of bands throw up their lead singer, right. And they're playing guitar, they're just like, they're hitting the same four chords and hoping no one notices, or maybe they're not even plugged in, but Ed knows how to play guitar. Yeah. He really uh, and does. does it real, really well. And mm-hmm. it, um, he can, he does some really creative things just with the guitar. I mean, put mm-hmm. the looper aside and listen to him play acoustic. Yeah. He knows how to play. And that's just impressive to think that he's that good at playing. He's that good at, at creating with the looper and he's mm-hmm. not good at, at writing songs. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of the full package. Yeah, he really is. He really is. And, um, uh, it's interesting comparisons to Jason Mraz. Jason Mraz, a lot of people don't realize is also a really good guitar player. He's got all sorts of jazz influences that he's got and plays just chords that you don't hear a lot of times. I think both, both Ed and Jason are kind of born out of that Dave Matthews, John Mayer acoustic guitar revival of the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and they kind of took that and ran, but what's interesting about the two of them is they both also have a lot of hip hop influences. And I feel like Jason kind of took it more in a kind of goofy tongue in cheek. You know, he's got kind of got some more humor in his, uh, in his lyrics, especially when he starts rapping, you think of geek in the pink and stuff like that. Um, but Ed is just a really good rapper like the number six collaborations on which i know is, was not your favorite but it was what one of mine as, as someone who is a, a sometimes hip-hop fan like that's he's he's on there with chance the rapper he's on there with eminem and 50 cent he's he's on there with these re- travis scott some of these big name rappers and his verses are just as good as theirs if not better um stormzy who's a big uk rapper and it's just like it doesn't feel weird it's like not like you couldn't imagine Jason Mraz doing a song with 50 Cent in it working or like a song with Eminem. And, and that's not a, that's not a, um, you know, that's not a job at um, Jason Mraz, but I just feel like it speaks to Ed's talent that he can hang with hip hop's greatest. He can hang with songwriting's greatest. He can, he's, yeah, he, he's got a lot, a lot of talent. Um, so yeah, really like him. What else? We, we've talked a lot about his collab, but I think one of the marks of a really good songwriter, especially is when they do ghostwriting or, or, mm-hmm. or, or when they show up on other people's songs and, and Ed's done a fair amount of that. He did a lot of it, of it with, with One Direction, mm-hmm. um, who obviously are no more. And I don't think mm-hmm. that, that was Ed's fault. He's done it with Justin Bieber. Uh-huh. Um, and so, you know, when I think about, you know, the Christian music that you and I play a lot, mm-hmm. you know, someone like Matt Marr, um, kind of fits the same bill, right? Yeah. That maybe later on in their career, they came on as their own. But yeah. if you look back at songs that other giant acts have, mm-hmm. have recorded and played, their names are on them. And I think that's, for me, that, I mean, it shows creativity, but it's kind of the mark of of the the the, the peak songwriter is when mm-hmm. they're writing other people's songs and you don't even know how good they are. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, that's really true. I remember when I first heard Little Things, which was that uh, One Direction song, I was like, oh, one Direction's got a good song here. And then I found out Ed Sheeran wrote it and I was like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, and he's done uh, a couple things with Justin Bieber. He did the collaboration with I Don't Care, which is a great song. Um, what was the song? I can play it, but I can't remember the name of it um, that he wrote for Justin Bieber. Um, it's like, uh, 
Love yourself. Love yourself, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you like, like, like the way you look that much, baby, you should go and love yourself. Yeah, that's a great song. And he, uh, it was funny, I saw him. He was he was on some studio some in some studio interview and they wanted him to play a cover of somebody else's song and he's like, This is my cover of Justin Bieber's song. <laughs> 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 yeah. And uh it's like, I see you, Ed. I see you. I know you wrote this song. Yeah. <laughs> um That's so good. Yeah. Uh huh. Maybe we'll do it. We'll do an episode about Matt Marr sometime because I have all sorts of things I can say about Matt Marr. So yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, as long as you don't screw up this episode, then maybe I'll invite you back. All right, so I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I really like to make fun of Brian a lot. It's a way. It's one of my love languages is picking on Brian. So if I do that, I'm he's not been doing it for like eight years. So yeah, I'm used uh, to it. Yeah, yeah. I swear, <laughs> I swear, it's all in good fun. I really do like the guy. Um, love you, Brian. All right. So uh, was there anything that I loved that I wanted to talk about? Um, I think that was it for the. Um, Oh, his voice, he's just got such a great voice and just the way he sings with like a British accent, but it's, it's not like, it doesn't, yeah, it just sounds so smooth and buttery. It just goes down like, yeah, you're drinking a milkshake and it's wonderful. <laughs> he's got great range too. Uh -huh. and the falsetto that he can hit is really impressive. Yeah. Great voice. Great voice. Um, anything else you want to talk about artistically before we get into themes? No, I think we can go to themes. Awesome. Um, do you want to you wanna pick something first? You want me to go first? You can go first. I want to talk about the song Small Bump off of, uh, off of Plus. This is off his first album. And I remember when I first got that album, I'd heard A-Team on the radio. And I was like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Um, and I heard, I heard Lego House. And I was like, ooh, all right, there's something to this guy. And then I heard a couple other songs. I think I heard Drunk. And, I, and then I heard Small Bump. And when I heard Small Bump and I watched the video, it just like wrecked me and th this was even before i had kids now that i've had kids oh my gosh like i can't listen to this song <laughs> without like starting to tear up but it's um are you familiar with this song much i've never heard it well you gotta go listen to small bump it's about um, a friend of his who uh, a couple that he knew that got pregnant um and just talking about the and even though he's never been a father he talks about like the tenderness between a father and a child you're just a small bump unborn in four months you're brought to life um, you might be left with my hair, but you'll have your mother's eyes. I'll hold your body in my hands. Be as gentle as I can. But for now, you're a scan of my unmade plans. So he's talking about the ultrasound um, and the chorus. Um, I'll whisper quietly and I'll give you nothing but truth. Um, you're not inside me, but I'll put my future in you. So it's like, I'm the, I'm the dad. I don't get to carry you. You're not inside me, but I'm going to put my future in you. And that's, I just, I love those lyrics. Um, you can wrap your fingers around my thumb and hold me tight. It's just like you can picture a daddy holding their baby and the baby's like wrapping the fingers around their thumb. It's like, that's something as a dad I felt. And it's just like, ugh, hold me tight. And I think about this song every time. Um, and I think this song is just like one of the most pro-life songs ever. And a lot of people don't know it, um, but it, it talks about unborn life in such a reverent, loving way. And it just was like, oh, Ed, Ed, I mean, I don't know what his political views are, if he's pro-life or pro-choice, but like at some level, he gets it. At some level, he gets it. And you can, you can see it in this song. And I think it's uh, um, hopefully when people listen to it, they, uh, they get it too. Here's another example of his specificity in uh, songwriting. 
fingernails the size of a half grain of rice and eyelids closed to be soon open wide. Um, like that idea, a half grain of rice is the fingernail. Have you ever seen a, a tiny newborn baby's fingernail? Like it looks like a half grain of rice. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, so yeah, that song, it's got kind of a twist ending at the end and it's, it's, it's just, it's a super powerful song, super beautiful song. Um, kind of a sad song. Um, but yeah, I love it. You want to, you want to throw a, throw a theme or throw a song at us and we'll talk about it. Yeah. So I think, you know, you start with life. Uh, let's do the the fun thing and go to death. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of songs he, about death that you wouldn't expect. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, the one that I really loved, uh, love is supermarket flowers, which yeah. is off of his, his divide album. And, uh, I think a lot of people, they don't, they don't like it cause it's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've ever gone through grief and I was relooking over it, uh, earlier in prep for this, uh, and, uh, Mike, as you know, you know, I just lost my dad last mm-hmm. year. And so I'm reading through it and I'm thinking of the process of grief and I'm like, man, like he gets it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, he's speaking a lot of truth mm-hmm. and, and, you know, he tells this story, right? So, I mean, these are the first lyrics of, of, of the song, um, you know, and think about how many people, when when someone's sick or dying, right, you get the flowers. Yeah. Sometimes to the point mm-hmm. where where you see a hospital room or a, a hospice room, and there's just flowers all over the place. And at some point, you just gotta throw them away. And yeah, and you know, all of these these realities of life that he's showing you. Um, but in the core, uh, the chorus, if you can go to the chorus, mm-hmm. right? So he takes all these everyday realities of grief and loss, and then reminds us. Again, you know, I, I don't know what what Ed's religious views are and, mm-hmm. and, and anything like that, but he points us back to eternity and mm-hmm. he points us back to the fact that once you can get through the grief, which isn't a process to be rushed. Mm-hmm. And again, the detail of the, you know, the, the, the day old ginger beer pouring it down the sink and, yeah. and the, the, you know, the, the tea it's okay to pour, pour out the ginger beer, you know, it's, it's okay to, 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 you know, um, pack up the clothes and, and take them back home. But once you're past that, once you've moved past that, you know, he points us back to when God in the end, we hope sees all of us mm-hmm. and, and, and says, hallelujah, you're home. Oh my gosh. Uh, and, and so I just, I love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I adore it. And, and he does such a good job of, and it's the same thing with small bump, right? What does he do? He paints a really vivid picture. He tells a story. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing I think with, um, with so many of these difficult topics, is that when we reduce it to just facts and ideas mm-hmm. and theories, you know, no one, it's hard to get that, but when mm-hmm. you paint a picture and when you tell a story, that's when people begin to kind of open up and, and he does that just so well. Yeah. Yeah. I went out when you sent me this song, it was a song I'd heard before, but it never really caught me. And when you sent me these lyrics, like, I want to talk about this song. I was like, Oh, I know exactly why Brian wants to talk about this song. And, um, one of so one of my best friends that I grew up with my whole life. We were born one day apart and always celebrated our birthdays together. His mom just passed away a few months ago, and um, and so I kind of reconnected with him. We keep in not great touch, but we you know we're still in touch. And but we've we've talked a couple times over the past few months, and he's been going through his mom's house and having to go through all this. Stuff. And I know you've had to do that. And I know I remember doing that with my mom when when my grandfather died. And that's like one of the hardest things is just going through their stuff and it's like, how can I get rid of this? 
but like, what am I going to do? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't keep it. Like the ginger beers got to go. And he's, he's my, my buddy is sending me pictures of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys that we used to play with when we were over there. And like the Nintendo that we used to play. And, and he's sending me the pictures. His mom kept all this stuff and he's getting old photos of us, like at our eighth grade dance. And like when we were in high school and, um, it's just so hard. Um, but yet there's, I, I think you're right that there's a reminder that you, you can't take this stuff with you and there it's, it all points to eternity. It all points to that. There is something that endures like these pictures don't endure. The, these, these mementos don't endure. The flowers don't endure. Flowers are something very passing. You know, you cut them off from their root and they last a few days. And, um, but even we don't endure physically in this world and that there is something that, that, that goes on. Um, I think of, I think it's in first Thessalonians might be in second Thessalonians, but it's in first Thessalonians when St. Paul is giving encouragement to the Christians in Thessalonica because they're facing this terrible persecution and so many people have died. And what he tells them to do, he says, mourn, but do not mourn as those who have no hope mourn, but do not mourn as those who have no hope. And it's like, yes, as a Christian, we're not supposed to gloss over the hard parts. We're supposed to like, and even psychologically, I think it's, it's good to face it. It's good to face the grief. It's good to, to face the hurt. But so yes, mourn, but don't mourn as those who have no hope. So, so anybody out there that's, that's, that's listening, um, and you're going through this stuff and you've lost someone, maybe you've had a, a relationship that's come to an end, uh, or you've lost a person like just, you know, First Thessalonians, um, you can, there's, that's a good place for guidance. Ed Sheeran is another good place for guidance, uh, but mourn, but don't mourn as those who have no hope. Like you kind of got to dig into the grief and there's something, uh, something mysterious about that, that when you dig into it and you kind of let yourself feel it, that then you're, it's only then that you're able to move past it. Like once, only once the, the grain of wheat falls to the ground, can that it then bloom and come to new life. So I think he's hitting on a very Christian theme here, even if it's not on purpose. So, yeah. Speaking yeah. of death, do you, did you have more to say about this song? No. Because no. right. as long as we're talking about death, I want to go to A Fire in Love, which is just like, I think one of the all time, like great songs that has ever been written because it's a song about love and death all at the same time. You almost don't even notice it. Um, so, uh, so I, I don't know if you know who Jack Antonoff is. He was in the the band fun. He's in the band bleachers. He's been Taylor Swift's producer. Um, he's produced stuff for Lord. He wrote brave with Sarah Bareilles. He's like, he's behind the scenes and won a bunch of Grammys on a bunch of stuff. Um, anyway, I've heard him say, that kind of his philosophy to songwriting, and I think he gets this from Bruce Springsteen, is that your verses should be blues and your choruses should be gospel. So it, blues, if you think about blues, is it's like, you know, I lost my dog and my girl left me and there's a hole in my blue jeans. It's very specific stuff about bad stuff that's happened to you. But then gospel, because it's got to be sung by a whole congregation, it's got to be universal and it's got to be triumphant. And so you get your specific stuff in the the verses and then you get these universal themes that come through and some, a lot of times more positive themes that come through in the, in the chorus. And I think Ed does a lot of that, um, not strictly, but, but this is a song where that happens because the verses, um, he says, things were all good yesterday. Then the devil took your memory. And so I think, and I know this song is about, I think it's his grandfather, or his grandmother. I can't remember. Um, but you know, who, you lose your memory when you're, you're old. So he's talking about like dementia, Alzheimer's. I don't know what exactly. Um, and uh, there's this, 
line, my father told me, son, it's not your, it's not his fault. He doesn't know your face. So you think of this young Ed Sheeran going to see his grandfather die and his grandfather doesn't know who he is in the hospital. Like, uh, and his dad trying to explain it to him being like, it's not his fault that he doesn't know your face. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like what a, what a story to put into a song. And then it talks about his grandmother saying, Grandma used to say that he used to sing, and then it's this beautiful love song about, darling, hold me in your arms the way you did last night, and we'll, and we'll lie together, and our lips will come together, and your body's next to mine, our hearts will beat as one, we're a fire in love, and it's like one of the most beautiful love song choruses ever, and it's about his grandfather dying, but yet also about this romance of his grandmother and his grandfather, it's like, oh my gosh, Ed Sheeran, you're, he's killing me softly. <laughs> um. And uh, this whole thing about the next verse is talking about black suit, black tie, standing in the rain about the funeral. And he says, my, my family is now one again, stapled together with strangers and a friend. So it's like your family's there and you got friends, but you also got strangers that are there. And it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, I was six years old and I thought I would tell this story. Um, and then he talks about at the end, and my father and all of my family rise from the seats to sing hallelujah and my mother and all my family. So it's just this weird, awkward moment at the funeral and it's raining. And then all of a sudden everybody stands up to sing this song. Um, and all my sisters and my brothers and it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful moment of, of, of hope there. So, um, yeah, such a, such a good song. Um, and I feel like there was something else I was going to say about that song, but I can't remember it. No, I was going to know what I was going to say. All right, let's go to that chorus. There's theology of the body all over this jangst. So let's talk about it. Um, uh, I can look into your eyes until the sun comes up and we're wrapped in light, in life, in love. Put your open lips on mine and slowly let them shut for they're designed to be together. Like where, who else have you heard talking about like the male and the female being designed to be together in light and life and love? Like, who does that make you think of? I mean, it, it, it takes me to, to jump all the second. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, yeah. absolutely. Like our body, like that whole thing about when you look at the male body and you look at the female body, they don't make sense without one another. And that is supposed to be symbolic of how we are meant for relationship with one another. We don't make sense on our own. We, man is incomprehensible to himself until he finds a way to give himself in love. John Paul II says, so I just, I love that that's in here. Um, I don't know if you ever read the book, uh, the holy longing by Ronald Rollheiser. Um, he's yeah. a, he's a Franciscan, uh, priest. I don't know if he's a priest. He's a brother at least, but he, he's a fairly famous spiritual writer. He has a book called the Holy longing. And in his, um, in his, he has a chapter on sexuality and like a spirituality of sexuality. And he talks about, um, what sexual, what a healthy sexuality, uh, looks like. He calls it sexuality in full bloom. And one of the things he says is like sexuality in full bloom is when you see like a grandpa at his grandson's uh, softball or baseball game. Cause it's like, how did, how did that start? That started with, with sexuality, with grandma and grandpa coming together. But now still all these years later, grandpa's there with his grandson and he's still, there's still relationship. There's still light. There's still love there. And our society so often thinks of sex as just like two people, you know, connecting genitals. And <laughs> that's not what it is. 
<laughs> there's so much more depth to it. And, and Ed Sheeran gets it. Like in this song, he gets it. Like he sees that that's, that's what love is. It's not just like a for now feeling and a for now experience. It's this lifelong relationship and involves life and death and trial and loss. And, uh, and there's hope to it all at the end. So, yeah. Which, which, you know, might speak to the intricacy of, of Ed's personal journey, right? Because mm-hmm. you can, you can pick out any handful of songs that do just talk about, you know, cheap hookups and, and, and stuff. But then you come to songs like this and you're like, man, it just shows you how deep people are on an individual level, right? That, that they can write both and probably have experienced yeah. both mm-hmm. and that constant kind of struggle and tension between them. Yeah. And the first time I heard, so shape of you, shape of you is off divide, right? Yeah. And this is on a fire. Love is on multiply. Um, and I remember when I first heard shape of you as like the first single off of divide and it's like, I'm in love with your body. I was like, Oh, Ed, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> and as like dope as the beat in that song is, and as fun as it is, I've never been able to enjoy it. Cause it's just like, uh, it seems so, um, anyway, it, it just seems so, so shallow <laughs> to me. So Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, what else? Let's uh, let's 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 hit another song or another theme. All right. Well, we'll we'll stick with love. I think love's a good theme. So I was um, no more death. Uh, not at least not right now. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, I I was uh, thought of uh, Ed's song "Photograph," mm. which uh, also came off "Multiply," I mm. believe. Um. And he just starts out with this just super real line, right? Loving can hurt, loving can hurt sometimes. Mm. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about love, um, romantic love or love between friends or love between family members, loving can hurt. Yeah. But he instantly comes back to, but it's the only thing that I know. When it gets hard, you know it can get hard sometimes. It's the only thing that makes us feel alive. There's a jump on the second quote about um, real love begins when it gets hard. That's where the real love in a relationship begins. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry. Keep going. I interrupted. No, no. Yeah. I mean, that that's so perfect. You know, I, I often say, you know, especially when, if a friend comes to me and says something, you know, they had a, they had a fight with another friend or a big disagreement. I'm like, well, you know, I'd rather have a friendship that does have disagreements and rough patches than one that's perfect all the time. Because if it's perfect all the time, it probably means we're not being honest enough with each other mm. uh, to, to really get to that point. Um, and so Ed points us in that direction, right? That, mm. that when there's authentic love, when there's real love, um, it can hurt. Mm. But then the chorus of the song kind of reminds us, right, of the importance um, of that love and what it can do for us, right? That it's love is... is um, it leaves memories imprinted in our hearts, like photographs, like mm-hmm. pictures in a locket that we carry around with with us uh, everywhere that that we go, and and love is what leaves us with those memories and those feelings uh, that we hold near and dear to our heart. And so, yes, it's hard. Yes, it's really tough. Um, it can be it can be pretty rough sometimes, but when we get through that, we're left with those memories that we hold close to our heart and it also sh- goes to show right that that love isn't just um for the good times yeah right love can love shows itself so deeply in the in the toughest moments mm-hmm. uh in the roughest storms um but 
once you get out of them, you hold that photograph mm -hmm. right near your heart and you look at it and you can remember that love yeah. uh, and all that came from it. Yeah. And, and you, I, and you made reference to the four loves of like friendship, family, desire and and godly love and the godly love you know it's one of the cardinal virtues that saint paul talks about is as love is um sometimes it's translated as charity the latin word is caritas or as agape agape i don't know how to pronounce it but in it, it's greek and when jesus is saying love your enemies um you know love pray for those who persecute you um love never fails like what he says is or love your neighbor as yourself He's not saying desire your enemies, desire your neighbor as you desire yourself. That doesn't make any sense. It means even when you don't feel like you love your enemies, even when you don't feel like you love your neighbor, be charitable and sacrificially loving anyway. And that's what never fails. That's what, you know, if you, if you look at that famous passage from 1 Corinthians where it says, you know, love is patient, love is kind. It is not rude. It is not jealous. It, it um, you know, forgives all things. It's like, like my feelings of love patient? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Not rude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, it's, it's this virtue you got to build within yourself and practice this habit of dying to the selfish, twisted parts of yourself and learning to, to discover your true self and giving yourself away um, and receiving that love in return uh, in a way that is, that is healthy and not codependent and, and um, you know, just like, like Christ. So yeah. Awesome. Very good. Very good. I'm glad you brought this song up because I, I loved this song when it first came out. And then when they released it as a single, sometimes when songs come out on the radio, I'm like, man, I liked this song before. I'm not going to listen to it now. You know, I'm too cool for school. You know, I was, uh, I was into it before it was cool. I'm too hipster. Um, so, uh, when you, when you said this song, I was like, okay, we'll talk about photograph. And I was putting the lyrics up and I was like, ah, oh, Brian, thank you. This is such a good song. Yeah. Cause the second verse, let's talk about the second verse. I have it. I have it up there. Um, love can heal. Do you have those lyrics? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, love can heal, loving can mend your soul, and it's the only thing that I know. I swear it will get easier. Remember that with every piece of you. And it's the only thing we take with us when we die. Ooh. There's something theological in there. Well, I think it gets back to exactly what you were you were saying. And I was just doing I was just thinking about this because I've been trying to write a blog post mm. for the for the center for the past mm -hmm. few days, and I've written and which, erased it. Which like center five, is which center is the, that? The Catholic Apostle Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, to find out more, you can go to catholicapostlecenter.org. There you go. Um, <laughs> Represent the Palatines, so, St. Vincent Pilate. Sorry, you, and, what and, you were saying. And, and so when 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 Pilate, right, this this saint that Mike and I have a, a great bit of devotion to because mm -hmm. uh, Mike taught me at St. Vincent Pilate High School in mm -hmm. Laurel, Maryland. When Pilate was choosing the motto for his society, he chose from Paul, uh, the, the charity of Christ urges us on, caritas Christi orget nos. And... And I was doing some thinking about that. And I remember from, from one of my theology classes as an undergrad that, you know, like you said, charity and love can kind of, they can, that, that translation can, can, can fit either of them, but it means that it's so much deeper than just an act of charity, not mm -hmm. to disparage charity. Right. But, yep. but, you know, charity is more than just giving money to someone you see on the street and love is more than just the feelings that we have or the, the relationships that we have. Um, and so I was thinking, you know, on, on a theological tangent real quick, I, I promise it'll be short. No, it's you good. know, when you Do think it. that, that the, the Trinity is in essence, love, right? That, that God, the son is the outpouring of God's love and that the love between the two of them is, uh, is what begets the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you can replace that with charity too. I mean, it's the same thing. Um, and and so if these outpourings of charity is what what gives us the Trinity, what the Trinity is in its essence, and if we're made in the image and likeness of God, then in essence at our heart is, and we must act with charity and, and love. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that in a sense, um, and may, I'm probably putting words in Ed's mouth, but what you can what you can view through the Christian lens is that he's saying is that when we live our lives to the calling that we've been given as, as made in the image of God. And when we love, then we participate in this fullness and this Mm -hmm. wholeness that is that which can heal because it is a participation in the image and likeness of God in the, in the world, in the life that he gave us and he intends for us. And I think Ed's getting to that. He just might not have known it when he wrote it. Man, so good. Preach, brother. That's awesome. That's awesome. Say that. Say the Latin phrase again. The, the Christ of love impels us or urges us on. Carry top Christi or get Ooh, you fancy. I like it. <laughs> you must have had a really good religion teacher at some point. I did. David Tenney. Oh. <laughs> That's my brother who also teaches at the school. Uh, I was asking for that one. Well played. Touche. <laughs> Touche. All right. Anything else about photograph or are we, we moving on? I think we can move on. Okay, cool. Um, I think I talked about the songs that I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about, um, even my dad does sometimes like we we're talking about healing and hurt. Um, this song, it's all right to cry. Even my dad does sometimes. Um, I don't know about, about your dad, but my dad, like I can, I can count on like two or three fingers the times in my life I saw him cry. Like my, my dad, you know, he flew helicopters in Vietnam. He's a war vet with a purple heart. He is a gruff dude, super good heart and like a softy underneath it all. But like the first time I saw my dad cry, it was like, whoa, like is gravity going to stop working? Like it was a, a law of the universe had been violated in my little eight-year-old brain the first time I saw it. It happened. Um, so just this song always speaks to me. Um, Tears remind you you're alive. It's all right to die because death's the only thing you haven't tried. Ooh, that's a little dark. It's a little, it's a little emo there, Ed. Um, so what I think this song is a part is I think it is counseling a friend who's like struggling with depression and maybe even thinking about giving up on it all. Or maybe, maybe they're, they're not consciously thinking of tearing of, of like throwing their life away, but they are with their decisions making like tearing their life up. Maybe it's addiction or sex or destructive decisions, whatever it is. Um, so it says, so live life like you're giving up because you act like you are. Go ahead and just live it up. Go on and tear me apart. Like, okay, well, may, you might not realize that when you're making these self-destructive decisions, you're not just tearing your life apart. Like you're tearing us up. The people that love you, you're tearing me up. And it's all right to cry. Even my dad cries sometimes. It's, it's all right. Um, it's all right to shake. Even my hands do sometimes. Like it's okay to hurt. It's okay to hurt and it's not the end. There is hope. I love this. He quotes, um, I, I wrote it down. I thought it was T.S. Eliot, but it's not T.S. Eliot. Um, so, much for my, <laughs> so much for my English degree. Um, it is, uh, where is it? Uh, it wasn't somebody I had heard of, but th- this song, Rage, uh, this uh, poem where it talks, Rage, Rage Against the Dying of the Light. That's from a poem whose author is... Dylan Thomas, Dylan Thomas, Rage Against the Dying of the Light. Um, And so he's saying like, don't give up, fight. It's just because life hurts doesn't mean that life is not worth living. And I think that is a really fundamentally Christian message underneath. I mean, 
not even talking about euthanasia, but just talking about the value of suffering, that that's, this is one of the great mysteries of our faith, is that when Christ com- came, he didn't come as a triumphant king riding with an army with like magic power, shooting up the Romans. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't this amazing looking guy, you know, as the, as the prophet Isaiah said, you know, he was meek and he was humble and he was gentle and there was nothing that would make us, uh, think anything of him. He was like, you would think he was spurned and forgotten by men. And Jesus comes and he's meek and he's humble and he suffers. And when his apostles ask him, like, what, what are we going to get for, giving up everything to follow you. And he says, there's, there's no one who has given up lands or family or anything for the kingdom of God that will not receive 30 and 60 and a hundred fold, um, in this life and in the age to come. But he also says, it's, it's funny. He sneaks in there. I think it's kind of funny. He sneaks in, it will reap 30 and 60 and a hundred fold with persecutions. (laughs) (laughs) He just slides out. Yeah, it's there. like the fine print at the bottom. Oh yes, follow me. You will reap thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold um, with persecutions. <laughs> and you know, he says, if you if you you come to follow me, like you got to drink the cup that I'm going to drink. You can't look behind you. Uh, you might even have to hate your mother and your father. Like I didn't come to bring unity. I came to bring the sword. Like Jesus has some some moments where he's like, look, you're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to to suffer for my name. Um, and it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be all rainbows. Um, but yet in that suffering, we can find freedom. We can unite our suffering to the the cross of Christ because that is where Christ conquered suffering. He conquered evil. He conquered death and he nailed it to the cross. And that's where, that's why, um, you know, death was arrested. That's where, where death died. Um, that's where he conquered it all was through the cross, the, 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 the victory on the cross. So. Not to throw too much soteriology in there, but um, yeah. Mike's so, trying to impress us with big words. <laughs> I do have a Catholic University uh, School of Theology graduate talking with me, so I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta show I still got it. You know, it's because I'm not in the classroom anymore. All right. Well, you know, and and, and <clears throat> that that story kind of made me think about again, right? The, the best musicians like Ed especially when they come from when they edge really built himself up to be right this this you know multi-platinum giant record seller guy yeah but when you look at where he started right um you know with acoustic stuff very simple and so when you look at, at guys like that who are the best ones it's the best storytellers um so you know nowadays you have people like ed and jason raz if you go back further you have people like james taylor if you go back mm-hmm. further you have people like harry chapin yeah well um, and even today like who's like taylor swift we just did an episode right. on her um yeah it's it's the storytelling um yeah sorry keep yeah going. and and but but how you know it's not just the stories of their lives it's the stories of the lives of, of the people that that they've encountered right so I, I always i loved when i learned you know the remedy is one of jason raz's best known songs but he wrote it um because a friend one of his best friends was was just diagnosed with cancer and was going through that treatment and so he's he's thinking of this song you know the first line of the song is i saw fireworks on the freeway because he was driving down the freeway towards disneyland out in california and sees these fireworks going off while he's thinking about his best friend who has cancer and going through that and so you know, good songwriters don't just write about their lives, but they're able to take these these bits and pieces um, from other people's lives and, and weave messages and stories out of them um, that that do justice, I think, to them. 
Um, and it just shows how great that is. Yeah. Really. Yeah. We're, we're going to do a Jason Mraz episode at some point. We got to. So we have to. I, um, I, we, we said too much. <laughs> I know. We said too much. So we can't say too much about Jason Mraz. But yeah, I think you're right. The songwriting. And there's something about stories that engage us. I think psychologically they've even, they've even shown. And that's why so much of the ancient literature is just stories because we remember those stories. And you think about what so much of our entertainment is these days is just is watching stories. It's reading stories. And um, you know, and you know from from being someone who gives talks that a lot of times the things that people remember from talks is the stories, right? That's one of the things that they remember, and they might not remember that you made a great point about this, but they'll remember the story that you tell. Um, and it makes me think of, especially if it's a story of overcoming some sort of hardship, um, uh, some sort of t witness or testimony. It makes me think of St. Paul, and I forget which letter it was in, where he says, when we boast, we don't boast of our own strength, but we boast of our weakness, because that is where the strength of Christ is shown. And so you and I at, at Pilates did a lot of Kairos retreats together, and we have these, these students, um, you know, share about overcoming triumphs in their life. And we, you and I shared about over overcoming um, struggles in their life and the triumph of Christ in that, excuse me. Um, and you and I have shared about that as well. Um, and, and it's important. And I think sometimes people, people miss that. Um, sometimes they stop at the morning. Sometimes they stop at the sadness. Sometimes they stop at the despair and they don't let Christ be shown through them. So anyway, I just think that's, uh, yeah, that's what that was making me think of. Jason Mraz, good stuff. Um, you want to talk about what do I know? Yeah, sure. You know, that's, it's, it's a fun one. It was, it was kind of the odd song out on the album, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Which album um, is this? Is this Divide also? That was Divide. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, you know, cause he, he had the, 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 the fun energetic songs, right? He had um, Barcelona mm -hmm. and, um, Nancy Mulligan and there's Galway a, Girl. There's a lot of world music on that album. It reminds me, you're probably a little young to remember Paul Simon's Graceland, but it was one of like the great albums of the late eighties, early nineties. Um, and there's a lot on divide that reminds me of Graceland, even on the, like the way the guitars sound and just like the different influences. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. Sorry, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but you know, he did this, uh, he did, what do I know? And it, and in a lot of ways it is stripped stripped down a little bit right it, it it i think it certainly um enhanced less and, and there's a lot less work that was done on it to make it sound the way it is and it's the type of song that you could just see ed standing on a street corner in dublin with a guitar uh and just playing that song and he wouldn't need a looper he wouldn't need anything mm -hmm. else like that yeah. um and and so you know if you uh, if you can go to the the, the first yeah. set of lyrics mm -hmm. right i i always i always should ca uh, caveat with this um because I love those first two lines. Ain't got a soapbox I could stand upon, but God gave me a stage, a guitar, and a song. And Mike is one of the people that helped me realize that in my life. Um, but the third line, uh, my daddy said, son, don't you get involved with politics, religions, or other people's uh, qualms. This says, this, this says quotes. That may not be right. I just got these off the quote. internet. So Yeah. yeah. Either way. Um, but in fact, you know, we are called to get involved very much in religion, um, but and because of that, in politics and other people's quotes or qualms, whichever um, they are. Um, but man, this song is really about what that last line that you can see says: just love and understanding, positivity, and not and, and, and you know, you can look at that in a really shallow way, right? And you know, love is just you know, flowy love mm -hmm. and understanding everyone and just be positive all the time. But when you look at it through, through the lens of, of faith, which we're doing here, right? He, he, he it, it, it's speaking an eternal truth. 
um, that that love is the answer. And he and he kind of goes through in the chorus, you know, some of these things, and he and he's pointing us um, away from. Uh, he talks about um, he talks about degrees, right? And so so if we live a life of of love and understanding and positivity, right? No university, no degree. Um, that it's not that we, we shouldn't seek education. It's not that we shouldn't seek degrees. Mike has a master's. Um, he's not bad because of it, but why do you seek the degree, right? Do you seek it for the vanity of being able to write MA or MPS or whatever after mm -hmm. your name, or do you do it so you can use knowledge as a tool for the good exactly. to help others to come to love uh, and understand better, right? He talks about, um, everybody's talking about exponential growth and the stock market crashing in their portfolios. Again, he's not saying money is a bad thing, but what are you using that money for? Is mm -hmm. your only concern about the growth in your account, right? The, the, the stock market crashing, like, is that your chief concern mm -hmm. or is it, what am I using my money for? How do I use money to make a better world, to help people to love better, to understand more, to be more positive. And so, I mean, it's a fun song, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's upbeat. It's, it's, it's a good song. Yeah. Um, it's a song Jason little... Mraz could write actually. It's very much. Yeah. A Jason oh, Mraz very much. Like, so yeah. I honestly, I think when I, when I saw this, I, I looked up to see if Jason had co-written it with him <laughs> because it was very much along those, mm -hmm. those lines. But I think again, much like we've done with all of these songs, right? When you take it line by line and look a little bit deeper, man, you get to some of those points where you're like, yeah, he's, he's right. He's onto something there. Mm -hmm. You know what it, it says to me is that Ed has a keen sense of his vocation is that, mm -hmm. and I, I, I think, you know, he, he knows like, look, I dropped out of school at 16 and went to busk on the streets of London. Like, I don't know politics real well. So if you're looking to me, <laughs> make a, I think he does have some political views and you know, he's, he's entitled to his political views, but you see so many artists get involved in politics and it's like Billy Joe Armstrong. Why are you qualified to tell me about politics? <laughs> and maybe, maybe Billy Joe Armstrong is really well educated, but like that's whenever I hear artists and even, even actors like, like why this is not, this is not your thing. I just watched the last dance about um, Michael Jordan and the bulls. And um, at one point there was a very contentious Senate race or Congress race in North Carolina uh, where he had, where he was from and uh, somebody asked him why he wouldn't support like the Democrat, um, the the Democrat candidate, and he was like, "Hey, man, Republicans buy shoes too," <laughs> and, and like people thought he was kind of shallow for that. But like, I think what he was saying, and he kind of explained this. He's like, "Look, my job is to play basketball. Like that's why I inspire people. That's why I am good at what I do because I stay focused, and I can't do what I got to do if I go do everything. You can't be everything to everyone." And I think Ed has a keen sense is like, look, what I do, the way I'm going to make a difference in the world is, is positivity and beauty through my music. And not everybody can be an activist protesting on the street. Yes, we need that. Yes, yes, we need it. But I think sometimes, especially in the, in the, the cultural climate now, people say, you know, silence is violence. You, you, and there's something to that, right? Like you can't just sit, by, sit, sit idly by and let injustice go. But at the same time, not everybody's called to live their vocation in the same 
way. And if you don't post something on Facebook or post something on Instagram or Twitter, that doesn't mean you're like complicit in evil (laughs) necessarily. I mean, maybe it does. Maybe God's calling you to speak out in that way, but maybe he's not. Maybe he's calling you to be a really ethical businessman. Maybe he's calling you to be a great singer songwriter. Maybe he is calling you to be a politician, an activist, a journalist, who knows? But I, I feel like I have a lot of respect for Ed because he recognizes like, this is my gift. This is my gift. And this is how I'm going to help the world be a better place. Um, so yeah, I, I love that about, about Ed. Yeah. And you know what? He, he doesn't just, he doesn't just acknowledge what he doesn't know. Like he said, he acknowledges what he does know and he gets mm-hmm. a little cheeky at the end of the chorus. Right. And says, um, love could change the world in a moment, but what do I know? Yeah. What love do I know? Could change the world in a moment, but what do I know? You mm-hmm. know, kind of like, I know this. I trust the music. I trust the, the stories that music can tell, the impact it can have, right? I mean, you and I have talked about this before that, you know, I before CUA, I went to culinary school mm-hmm. and I play music. Why? Because what are two things that pretty much cross-culturally bring people together? Mm-hmm. Good food and good music. Yeah. And 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 you can separate, you can, you can alleviate stress and move past barriers that exist between groups of people Mm -hmm. with good food and good music and so he's kind of saying this right like sing love could change the world the most but what do i know yeah you know and yeah and that 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 beauty like you talk about truth goodness and beauty like um you know i've been a teacher i've been dedicated to spreading truth a lot of my career um goodness is like you know treating people well um but beauty is just as much of a part of that creating beautiful art creating beautiful food like that is an expression of God. It evangelizes. It touches people's souls. It's a spiritual work of mercy to bring beauty into people's lives. Um, I just read um, uh, Victor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning. It's, he's a, a concentration camp survivor of Auschwitz. Um, and and uh, wh- some of the things that they discovered when, when um, the Allied troops liberated Auschwitz and some of the other concentration camps and the death camps is they found that the the Jewish prisoners, they'd been composing music. There is music that has been composed in concentration camps when they were starving, when they were being poisoned. They could die at any moment. And I don't know what that says to you, but what that says to me is that art is essential to being human. As, as, as much as eating and drinking and companionship and, and breathing, we need art and we need beauty to, to live fully human lives. And I think that's a real gift that artists and musicians in, in even bakers, comedians give to the world. Um, I read a book recently by uh, Dr. John Mark Miravalli, who's a professor at St. Mary's seminary, uh, Mount St. Mary's seminary in Maryland. Uh, it's called beauty, uh, what it is and why it matters. I think that's what it is, but it's, it's a short little book and it will blow your mind just about like, it's, it's so good. It's one of the best theology books I've, I've read in a long time and it's super short and it's awesome. Um, so if you're looking for more on the theology of beauty, check that out. This very, it's very, um, it's very, um, it's very accessible. So if you're not a theology person, um, all right, Brian, what else, what other themes do we going to want to talk about? I think we're, I'm, I'm, I'm running out of stuff. Do you have other themes you want to hit? Oh, I think I'm out too. All right. So, um, if somebody has never listened to Ed Sheeran before, or they've only kind of listened kind of here and there, what are a few songs that you would say, oh, you got to listen to this? You know, I think it's good to to start from the beginning because he does progress mm-hmm. right in in his style and in his um, just in how much better he gets as he mm-hmm. grows. 
Um, so I, I think to start with with plus is a good idea. I always like Lego House. Lego House is um, so good. I was going to say that too. It's such a good song. Uh, Give Me Love is another really good one. It's very long. If you get the right version on it, though, he pays homage to his um, his uh, Irish heritage and sings um, the Parting Glass mm. uh, at the end of that one. That's and cool. just you know progress progress through. I mean, there's some great ones uh, on Multiply. I loved um, I love Don't. I mean, it's it's kind of you know a, a and, poppy, you, and you play you know. it at every open mic you do i i do darn it's, well it's you do a, a great job of it yeah <laughs> it's a fun song um and then quite i mean there's not a lot of bad ones on on divide really i mean have, you know you, have you yeah. ever listened to the rick ross version of don't no there is a there is a ed sheeran rick ross like collaboration on don't um anyway it's got some it's got some bad words in it so parental advisory but anyway <laughs> i i dig it <laughs> so. you want to talk you know what you want to talk about a good collaboration though it, it might not be for everyone but it's impressive to at least listen to once is ed's uh, perfect collaboration with andrea bocelli mm. because who would have ever thought that you could combine one of the you know um 20th 21st century's most well-known and greatest opera singers yeah. with ed sheeran um, but it's actually really cool. There's a cool video about it too. So mm-hmm. that's where I would go. And he collaborates, he does another version of that song with Beyonce. With Beyonce. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's kind of interesting. It's like, you know, a song is good when you can have Ed Sheeran sing it. You can have Bocelli sing it. You can have Beyonce sing it. You know, that's a well-written song. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, any others that you think people just have to see, have to hear? Um, you know what? I, I would say it's not a song, but go on YouTube and watch him play live. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a song or if it's a whole concert. Just watch him because it's impressive. Yeah. What I mean, I was, like we were saying at the beginning. Uh-huh. What I was going to recommend is um, the I Don't Care. I Don't Care is his collaboration with Justin Bieber. Um, he does a live in-studio version uh, on YouTube if you just search I Don't Care Ed Sheeran live studio. And he's got the looper there. He's got the biggest looper I've ever seen. It's it's ridiculous. I think it was custom made for him. Um, but he's got, he's singing harmony and he's got percussion going and it's just, it's beautiful. It's, it is so, so impressive the way he does it. Justin Bieber is not there. Um, so uh, I would, I would say A Fire Love. A Fire Love I think is the best song he's written. It's just so, so good. Like you can meditate with him too. Alexio Divina with those lyrics. They're so good. Um, and, uh, Lego house. I just, I love, it's so good. It's so good. And the, the, <laughs> the video has, I forget, is it Rupert Grint, the guy that plays Ed Weasley or, uh, um, Ron, Ron Weasley. <laughs> and the whole video is like, <laughs> like Ron, people thinking like Ron, I think it's, it's, it's him pretending to be Ed Sheeran and like he gets on stage <laughs> and Ed's like, who's this guy? And then like the security tackles him. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, Brian, thank you so much for talking about Ed Sheeran with me. I normally close with a prayer where we pray about some of the themes on here. Would you, would you like to pray with me? Let's do it. All right. I'll lead it. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of being together to talk. We thank you for the gift of music and of beauty. Uh, for story, the gift of story and the way you've made us to be a part of one another's stories. We ask you to help us with our grief and our mourning. Um, And when we mourn, Lord, we ask that you would help us not to despair, not to give up hope, to embrace suffering in the way that you would have us, not in a self-destructive way, but in a way that helps us um, 
take our strength from you and turn to you and unite our suffering to the cross, Lord. Um, and for anyone out there who is suffering, facing some sort of loss, um, personal loss or the love of uh, the loss of a loved one or a relationship, Lord, we ask that you would be with them and you comfort them here today. And Lord, we know that you are with us at all times, and so we place our trust in you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. St. Vincent Pilati, pray for, pray us. for us. Amen. And we'll pray for Ed too. Bless him and draw all of us closer to Christ. So Brian, Rude, thank you for being here. Where can the beautiful people find you? You can find me uh, on Twitter at rude underscore dude, R-H-U-D-E. We try not to be R-U-D-E. Um, and if you want to see um, more of uh, my stuff, you can go, like I said earlier, to catholicapostolatecenter.org. Um, I've been happy to work for them. In the charism of St. Vincent Pilati, um, for the past few years, I write on the blog and do some other work. Uh, and then you can check out what we do at the Catholic University of America with our Summer Institute, Light the World. We've been going for five years and are hopeful for five or 10 or 15 more. Uh, Mike, thanks for having me, man. You are welcome. Thank you for being here, Brian. Thank you for being here, viewers, brothers and sisters who are watching this on the interwebs. If you want to support what we do here at Awaken Catholic, you can join the Awaken Nation by going to awakencatholic.org slash donate. You can make a one-time or recurring um, donation in for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week. You can help us out. You can also go uh, to hallow.app slash awaken, or you can go to awakencatholic.org and download a f uh, the, the hallow app, and you can get a free month of premium. It's a free app, but you can get a free month of the premium version. It's a great way. If you're looking for a way to get more quiet in your life, more Jesus in your life, uh, the hallow app is a stupid, simple way uh, to bring Jesus into your life in a bigger way in our crazy busy lives that we have. So um, thank you once again, Brian, and we will see you next time. This show and all media on Awaken Catholic is made possible by the Awaken Nation and the Hollow app. The Awaken Nation is a community of people like you who support all things Awaken for as cheap as a cup of coffee a week and get access to exclusive content. Learn more by visiting awakencatholic.org slash donate.